The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowman. On ESPN Pittsburgh. James Harrison said something we were already kind of thinking, right? Maybe Le'Veon Bell comes back and, ooh, McGroin. Maybe he's like Marsha Brady. Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. That is a dated reference. And her nose was actually broken. In real life? On the shell. So no fake. I did not pick that up quickly enough. Tim Benz joins us, the official vampire of the Crowley Show. He'll save me. Tim, good afternoon. I'm fascinated that you were able to make a movie or television reference that old. That's normally way out of your wheelhouse. I thought Jan was hot. Uh, you're just you're just trying to be a crap disturber now. Marsha was where it's at. Go back and look at the picture. She was ahead of her time. Agreed, Tim. Very agreed. Even Christine Taylor, who played her in the movie, was spectacular. Is that the one who married Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller. Okay. Yeah. And that's the extent of my knowledge on Ben Stiller. It's the extent Which, of my that, knowledge that, on Marsha like Brady. That's what made the sexual tension in the scenes in Dodgeball all the funnier, is that she was pushing him away nonstop when they were actually married. I think they just broke up recently, too. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, yeah. think, she's, uh, I think she's available on the waiver wire. Oh, I'll have to get on that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Let I'll me know how that turns out for you. I will, Tim. I will. I'll tell her about I think, you. I think I think what will happen is she'll agree to a date, and much like Le'Veon Bell say, "Ah, oh, I pulled my groin." <laughs> Things like that always end in restraining orders for me, Tim. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Speaking of which, this is the first time I've talked to Brian on the air since the excoriation that was my place in the cheese teas last week at the Antonio Brown press conference, where you somehow made me sound like Damashek. What do you mean? Quite... That was a dead-on impression, Tim. Well, the content might have been there, but <laughs> I, I think the tone of voice made me sound way more like Damashek. You know, Damashek and I, like, 15 years ago, did a show together at 1250 once. Really? Like, there, there was a time where uh, they were considering hiring Damashek for the show that used to be Tony Kornheiser when they went yeah. local. And uh, since the program director that was in charge then hated me, and I hated him, uh, we did not get along at the time. Is that Gracie? Uh, Who? I'm sorry? Was that Jim Gracie? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Was that Gracie? Um, So I was sort of just, well, I I was a warm body in his eyes to be uh, propped up with Damashek to try to advance the the idea of putting Damashek in. I think he got a better deal that came Obviously, he got a better deal that came along. But uh, we did one whole two-hour radio show together, Damashek and I, and I, I think that Brian's confusing the voices in his head. Maybe he heard it. It was legendary radio. Well, Tim, honestly, uh, full disclosure here, I have one fake voice, and that was it. <laughs> like, I use that for everything, and I usually just say the person's name. Like, for you, it would be like, ah, I'm Tim Benz, and that's my, that's my impression. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do any injustice to you. It's just all I got. Well, you know what? Uh, that's kind of what got my old broadcast partner, Christian Fourier, in trouble in 
New England when he did the Don Yee impersonation. Uh-oh, he only no. has he, yeah, he only has one fake voice, and it always comes out sounding Asian. He just so happened to be talking about Don Yee, and that's why he had to go to sensitivity training. Oh no! <laughs> and everybody, as I recall, yeah, had to go to sensitivity training. <laughs> yeah, I think they're still in it right now. It's, actually, it's been quiet for about three months out there, so they're overdue. Somebody will pop off soon. Hey, the Brady stuff has to put somebody over an edge, either at that station or the other one, don't you think? You mean James Harrison's former teammate? Yes, right, exactly. Am I the only one? You tell me, Adam, because I know from time to time you're not. You know, you don't you don't fall in line with every other school thought. You're willing to look outside the box. I am less put off by him saying that Le'Veon should fake an injury because, as I think you were alluding to in the open, you and I have been talking about this for months, right? Months. Yes, we've been pontificating that Le'Veon might do that. So. When Harrison said it, the only thing that I took away from it, I wrote about this today, was it has a little bit more starch when a former Steeler is suggesting it to a former Steeler. I get that. But, you know, it's not like this hasn't been a possibility that's been floated out there for a couple months now by you, me, and a few others in the media who are willing to go down that path. And the thing that galled me more, and I know I'm in the minority on this, but maybe you'll, you'll fall in line with me on this. The thing that galled me more was him and even Skip Bayless along with Shannon Sharp. I assume Sharp would take the stance, but the three of them sitting around that desk and going, oh, just let the guy go and yep, make Yep, 100%. Money. So stupid. Oh, like, oh, oh Steelers, why are you going to do that is what Shannon Sharp said. Why? Because they can't. Because they don't want him to be a patriot. You know, obviously he's carrying some sort of personal grudge beyond just the financial angle here. So, like, he might be in, inclined to go play for the Patriots for a year or whatever the case may be. Uh, there, there's really no difference between risking a knee injury in Pittsburgh and risking a knee injury in New England. There isn't in terms of his health and his long-term earning power. But, you know, if he's got a bee in his bonnet about how he's been treated, maybe it's, you know, the offensive lineman comments or whatever – what are they talking about? Of course there's reason to keep him from making money. I, and I don't feel sorry. for like They made it sound like he was a victim. And yeah. that bothered me way more than Harrison saying fake an injury. That's just a strategy. Yes, I, I could not agree more, Tim. And I said so much in the first segment of the program and have been peppering in and throughout the show today that it doesn't make sense for a couple of reasons. And I think you hit on both of them there. The James Harrison should know better than anyone that if – Le'Veon Bell gets released and goes somewhere else. He's going to be so over-the-top vilified here in Pittsburgh. Not that he already isn't, but I'm sure James Harrison gets MF'd on Twitter, gets MF'd everywhere he goes by Steelers fans all the time now, and the same thing would happen to Le'Veon Bell. The other thing is, the Steelers want a damn compensation pick in 2020. They want to get something for Le'Veon Bell. So to release him, Mark Caballi and I were talking about this earlier. He checked in with a couple of sources. If the Steelers release Le'Veon Bell... And he goes sign somewhere else. The Steelers aren't going to get a compensation pick this year. If he That's correct, correct. If he does sign the franchise tag and then leaves after the year, then they get the compensation pick. You don't want the guy leaving for nothing. That's those people trying to be pro player, pro labor, as opposed to pro the guy. And they're trying to sound like they're uh, hip and young and cool, and it makes them just sound stupid. As far yeah, as I'm concerned, you know what it is, Adam. It's football woke. It's yep. what it is. It's NFL woke. Uh, you know, and uh, not to go all Jason Witten on you here, but it's a little left-minded thinking, isn't it? 
Um, you know, like this and, is, and, and, and left-minded thinking, just just so that you get recognized for it. Yeah, just so you get a pack on the pat on the back, and you feel like you're advancing the cause of the little man. Lizzie on Bell isn't a little man in this. He just made twelve million dollars, and this whole oh, it's a Goliath industry picking on one guy. No, it freaking isn't. No, it isn't because the collective bargaining agreement was signed by the union. He is a member of the union. Uh, the the extent to which people are doing what you are right about suggesting they're doing, they're they're sticking up for one guy against the shield because it makes them feel mm-hmm. like they're a champion of a cause. And that's not what this is. Let's not go down that path just so you can get an extra like or retweet on Twitter. It's silliness. The other thing that I've seen thrown around today is that James Harrison should, of all people, not suggest to Le'Veon Bell to disrespect the Roonies or the Steelers organization because of everything that they've given him. And uh, I didn't think of it until I saw people put that out there, but it does strike a chord with me. I mean, I, I do think that that's correct. James Harrison knocked down a door, broke a cell phone in half, and smacked a woman in the face, and the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one bad thing he ever did was he was going to die on that hill, and he got crushed for it. You'd think James Harrison would be a little bit more respectful towards the organization, or maybe... Maybe him not being respectful towards the organization is exactly the thing to expect from James Harrison. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't agree with you as much on this one. I, I think that Harrison's job is to be a commentator in that situation. Harrison's job is to give an unfettered opinion. Uh, it is not his job to keep in mind how it looks in a black and gold framing. Um, if he had said it differently in the sense that here's what Bell could do, then I don't think anybody would have a right to be upset. Uh, him endorsing the behavior in sort of in a tone of mocking the Steelers while putting the opinion out there and then following up with what we just talked about, making, making Bell sound like a victim, uh, that's where I've got a problem. I, you know, he could have, if he, if he wanted to express the same opinion and be true to his belief on the topic, then he could have done that without doing it as coming off like, you go get him, Lev, you do this right. one for me, which is the way it's felt. Uh, so I, I agree with you, but only to a small extent, because I don't think he has to feel any sort of, um, I don't know how to say it, loyalty to the Steelers in his new role, because guys like Bettis and Ward, I think, did that, and they're no longer in the business. And you know what? Honestly, James Harrison wasn't showing him very much respect at the end of last year, falling asleep in meetings anyhow, so uh, right. I, guess, I guess that's far behind him. Tim Benz joining us, Breakfast with Benz, uh, Steelers Radio Network here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, advancing things to look down the road a little bit for the Pittsburgh Steelers, do you think that this offense is good enough, consistent enough to make up for a defense that is, I think, pretty consistent, consistently bad? It's not good enough, and it's not consistent enough to do it consistently. Like, what we saw against Tampa, just look at the last two weeks. It was almost good enough to do it against KC, but it wasn't. It was good enough to do it against Tampa, but barely. Uh, You can't count on that every week. Uh, Another perfect example, the Jacksonville playoff game. You know, and then go back to the Jacksonville regular season game where it wasn't close at all. So, no, I don't think it is, and it's, it's hard to be. I mean, it's hard to make up for a defense that you feel like is going to allow a scorer on every possession. I mean, that's it's flag football stuff. That's arena football stuff. Now, ask Craig Wolfley if you have him on sometime. He and I used to call arena games all the time, and any time a game 
had a stop in it. You went, oh, a stop. Well, it's kind of like it's almost to the point now. I swear, I thought of this watching the Tampa game, and especially during the KC game, the first time I, th- I saw it. It's like watching Federer versus Nadal, watching a Steeler game. When somebody breaks serve for the mm-hmm. first time, you go, uh-oh. Oh, that's a big win right there. And uh, I think this, where the Steelers have gotten themselves in, in problems, in that context specifically, is in the first quarter of, of games this year. Look at how they've started games on offense. Absolutely. You know, and you want to talk about consistency of offense. That consistency of offense has to start much more quickly. I, I just think they have to go out with the approach of we're down 7 nothing. As opposed to, I, I don't know how you felt. I've gotten the vibe with of them with uh, sort of a sense. It's the first quarter. It's the first drive of the game. Let's get a little tricky here. Let's 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 see if we can hit them with a deep shot. Let's see if we can put in this formation to set up a play for later on in the game. Or boy, won't they be surprised if Ryan Switzer comes out here in the backfield in the first series? No, play like you're down seven nothing because that's when you've actually started to play better. Well, and we saw what they did going into halftime. That was the most impressive drive the Steelers have had all year long. Bang, 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 Ben, 8-9, something like that, going down the field. They punch the ball in, touchdown. Start the game in the hurry-up. Start the game in the no-huddle. Keep them on their toes. Get to an early lead. Make them uncomfortable for once. Uh, Being behind makes it a lot harder, obviously, to play offense. And if you're the defense, you've seen the Steelers go 3-and-out, 3-and-out, 3-and-out the first or the second game against Kansas City, and you don't have any time as a defense to settle in. You're on the field, on the field, on the field. Uh, then in the last game, as you mentioned, Tim, three and out to start the game, and then Ben turns it over the next possession. The, the defense has to be thinking in their mind there's no margin for error, and you can't go out there playing that way. And when it comes to seeing a better defense, they will this weekend against Baltimore. I don't even know right now, let alone by season's end, if you're saying that this is a better defense than Cleveland's. But it certainly is better than the last two. Uh, did you watch any of Baltimore this week, by the way? Because I did not. Did you see them? A little bit. Yeah, see, I I did watch and, and get a feel for some of the game against Buffalo, and I certainly did against uh, Cincinnati. So they, I don't think they were tested in week one. And I thought they looked pretty poor at times against Andy Dalton. And, yes. You know, they, they, made Tyler Boyd, they make Tyler Boyd look like a star. He's still in the league because of his games against the Ravens for whatever reason. Uh, and A.J. Green caught the three touchdowns. So I, I haven't been wowed by what I've seen by uh, Baltimore's defense, but it's better than what they've seen the last two weeks. And I don't think that there's all that much of a drop-off between Baltimore's offense and at least I know that they've been high-powered in Tampa and Kansas City, but boy, is Baltimore's offense efficient. 12 for 12 in the red zone, and they can kick a field goal the minute they go across the 50-yard right. line. So, um, not to switch gears on you and hop over the defense here, Adam, but uh, you know, Matt Williamson and I will be talking about this extensively on Countdown to Kickoff down here at South Park at 7 o'clock. I would attack early in down and distance situations and early in possessions um, against the Ravens. Try to get them into some negative situations and uh, just hope to force a few punts by sheer aggression on first down, second down, things of that nature, and uh, get Joe Flacco hopping around in the uh, in the pocket as best as you can early in the game and early in possession so as not to allow them to feel comfortable on the plus side of the 50. Tim, one quick one because i got to run here, but was Monday night's game kind of the blueprint for this team? You can't stop anyone, but if you take the football away a couple of times and get the quarterback on the ground, that might be enough. Yes, 
aside from the penalties and special teams. Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> you know, even if you, if you get the ball back a couple times, a couple is like two or three, it's not four or five, like they were getting against Fitzpatrick as he kind of came back to reality. But, yeah, the premise of what you're saying I, I think is accurate. The game is probably going to be in the high 20s or 30s if you win. And, um, you know, I, I think that the special teams have to be more sound. they got to get a, you know, a few field goals from Boswell. I don't know what the hell happened to him. And uh, this, the, the, in general, the penalty stuff, you were right. I heard you right before the top of the hour. The, he, Mike Tomlin has to stop with this whole everything else is a variable but us. No, it isn't. Look at your numbers with the same crews. Look at your numbers versus the rest of the league. You're the variable. They're calling penalties against other teams when they play you just to make it look like it's not stilted. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, so. I bought it the first couple of games a little bit, Tim. I thought, okay, if they're calling a bunch on both sides, I can see why Mike Tomlin might dismiss it a little bit. Well, now you can't because holy hell. I mean, that was embarrassing. And you do that against a good team, you're, I mean, you're done. You're not well, going to win. They've gotten what I get. What, what he's getting at is is an over-officious bunch of jerks, then we can't be held exclusively responsible for that, especially if it goes evenly both ways. But like I wrote about in the trip today, even for Pete Morelli's crew, which is averaging 18 (laughs) penalties per game, they were still above that. They were. You know, and the other two crews are above the average for flags per game by a little bit. I think the, the average flags per game is like 14, and the other two crews are 15 and 17. And in each of those games, they were above it. And if you look like Cleveland and Kansas City, I think are tied for 21st in penalties, even having played the Steelers. So those guys don't draw a lot of penalties. And I think the Steelers are the variable here, not the control. Tim, appreciate the time, buddy. Have a good show tonight. All right, I will uh, give my best. Give my best to Christine Taylor on Twitter if you track her down. Okay, I'm on it. Thanks, man. See you. If you can dodge an advance from Tim Benz. You can dodge a ball? I worked too hard at that one. Coming up next, I guess golfers. Probably poorly. And I'll tell you what else I didn't like about James Harrison's comments. It's the Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh (laughs) and the iHeartRadio app. In a couple of minutes, Brian will give me either the first or last name from a Ryder Cup golf player. I even sound stupid saying it that way. A golfer, not a golf player. Are you kidding me, man? You're a sports host. He will show me, or he will tell me the first or last name of a golf athlete that's playing on the Ryder Cup golfer team, and I will try to fill out the rest of his name. I thought I had golf knowledge, or at least enough to fake it, on a radio show. And we found out earlier that that's probably not the case. We'll find out for real in a couple of minutes here. First, though, James Harrison had a lot to say about Le'Veon Bell on The Undisputed. And, guys, I apologize for having to play Skip Bayless sound on my show. It's it's not something I want to do, but it's almost required weekly now because Harrison's always going on with them. He's talking about... Bill Belichick, he's talking about Mike Tomlin, and he was talking about Le'Veon Bell yesterday. I think the play for Le'Veon, if I'm Le'Veon, is 
I'm coming back, what is it, November 13th, and I'm going to go in there, I'm going to get my credit the season that I need to get, and I'm going to do the best I can to get out of that season healthy. And for me, I'd give you everything in practice. You would see, the cameras would see that I am fine, I am healthy, but come Saturday, something ain't right. I can't play on Sunday. I can't stand when athletes say something as if it's earth-shattering when it's not earth-shattering. Now, this is newsworthy because it's James Harrison, former Steeler, the way that things ended with him and the Pittsburgh Steelers, him going to New England, and now he's on a bunch of different shows saying things like that. It is newsworthy. But I can't stand James Harrison acting like none of us had been thinking about that. Tim Benz and I have talked about it for a long time. We've been saying it since Le'Veon Bell didn't show up on the first Wednesday of the season that when he does show up later on after his agent spouts off, well, how are they going to use him? That Le'Veon very well might just, uh, my quad, uh, my knee, uh, my pinky toe. That's not earth shattering. That's a legitimate option given the advice that Le'Veon Bell has been getting along the way. Le'Veon Bell has been getting awful advice. James Harrison there gives him awful advice. But it's a legitimate theory because he's been accepting the awful advice at every flippin' turn. So I'm not surprised to hear James say it. I don't like when athletes do that, though. All the time it happens with Richard Sherman. Well, they better start putting flags on the quarterbacks now. And everyone's like, oh, what a nuanced thought. You know he went to Stanford, right? What a bright guy. What a nuanced player. I can't believe anybody speaks their mind the way that Richard Sherman does. Really? Because the dude who used to live next to me in my duplex, who sits in the back and shoots at deer and squirrels and stuff, he's the kind of guy who says that. That's where you get that opinion from. You better put flags on him. Okay, so thank you, Richard Sherman. That's tremendous nuance insight right there. Same thing with James Harrison. You know what I'd do, and then you've got... Shannon Sharp in the background, as if it's breaking news, as if that this isn't something we've been discussing. But that didn't bother me as much as this did. This is so mind-numbingly stupid that I think James Harrison should be in the Monday Night Football booth. Why y'all do that? If I'm the Steelers, and I know this is not the way let him go. Is, I would, I would just let him go. Take my third-round pick or whatever. You yeah, get yeah, let him, let him go. And again, you're right. Is James Conner this guy? He is not. Nope. He's okay. He tries hard. Yeah, you know, great story. Is, you know, yeah. It is. I, I got all that. But he's not Le'Veon. No. But but Le'Veon is going to be an ongoing thorn in your side because it's not healthy. This is not a healthy, happy and Like situation. I said, after the things that they said about him yeah. and him having to step back into that life, right. it's, it's going to be a lot of friction, you know. It, <laughs> Things said, you can't just pull him back and take him away. You know, you know, guys, you say, oh, he's making more money than me. Uh, just stay out the whole season. Right. You know, you, you can't you, you can't just wash that away. When he gets back in there, it's going to be some some friction. So instead of making more fuss than what it is, yeah, I'm feel, just mm-hmm. let him go. Let him go. Let him, let him go. Just got to let him go. You just got to let him go. Just have to. Just let him go. It's so flipping stupid. It doesn't make sense for the Steelers. And the one guy who should really get it is James Harrison. 
James Harrison gets let go by the Steelers. He signs with the Patriots, and now Steelers fans every day on Twitter, and I'm sure in real life, they want to tar and feather the guy. So for Le'Veon Bell to leave, he'd get the same treatment. The other thing is, why would the Steelers let him go and not have a compensation pick this year when if he signs the tag at the end of the year, guess what? You get the tag. Or you, pardon me, you get the compensation pick. It doesn't make any sense. And the understanding of the rules, the understanding of the CBA by those three knuckleheads, disturbing. But I guess there's only one thing to do if you're the Steelers, according to them. Let him go! Just let it go. Don't clip Le'Veon Bell's wings! Let him fly! How good is Adina Menzel's voice, by the way? outstanding how do you know her name not any golfers <laughs> you can't remember justin thomas but wow i did it in you mean, pull that out like it's singer. second like you said it a hundred times today i love show tunes this song picks up oh it's so good you can keep it on as i name golfers because i'm gonna name all of them i'm gonna nail them all the reason we're doing this Brian's going to give me the first or last name of a golfer on the Ryder Cup, one of the two Ryder Cup teams, and I will try to fill the name out. The reason we're doing this is because earlier in the program, I couldn't name six golfers. Anyone. You right. couldn't name anyone. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. We're going to keep Wait the a second. Le- we're keeping the le- oh. John Travolta called her Adele Dazeem. That was one of the best moments in TV history. Adela Benazina. Oh, the voice. He's John Travolta's doing the award, and he doesn't even know her name. Let the storm rage on! But Crowley, it's no problem. Oh, Dina Menzel, I love her. Cold never bothered me anyway. Okay, let's hear him. Let's get these Ryder Cup golfers. I don't have the feeling he could name, like, every soap opera star out there. Like, he's the guy who could tell you their name, like, in real life. Mark Johnson. (laughs) See? Guiding light. It's tremendous. I didn't know that was a guy, but I knew that was a guy because you said it. That's all. All right, you ready for this? Let's go, baby. All right, Ryder Cup. Start off with Team USA. America. I'm going to give you a last name. You give me a first. Okay, I'm ready. Reed. <laughs> Jordan. Jeff. No. Phil. No. Mike. No. Pearly. No. What's his name? It's Patrick Reed. Oh, I should have known that one. Pearly Reed? Pearly Reed. That's our journalism school at WVU. Uh, Pearly Reed was in the ABA. It's a really good center. That's who they named it after. <laughs> yeah. All right, give me another one. Give me All another right. one. I'm, I'm, right. I'm good to go here. I got this. I got this. You, just I'll say right now, you better, better get this one. Woods. Eldrick. Oh, wow. Nailed it. <laughs> Bonus points. Woo! Bonus points. You didn't even go nickname. Nicely done. All right. Dustin, first name. Johnson. Let's go. Look at you. Let's All go. Right. I'm warming up. I know you know Adele this Adele has got it, baby. Here we go. Spieth. Jordan. Woo! Yeah. All right. Ricky. Fowler. Yep. Okay. Kafka. Brooks. I'm heating up. DeChambeau. Brendan. No. DeChambeau. Brandon. No. DeChambeau. Benjamin. No. No. <laughs> You got the first letter right. I and the second. I've hit on that. Yeah. And the second letter. Bentley. No. No. What is it? Ah, we'll go back to it. Damn it. You should know right away. How about Fanu? Tony. 
And I believe it's Finau. It's Finau. Yeah! <laughs> Dunking it! No. That's my bad. Watson? Bubba. Bubba. <laughs> Sorry, that slipped out. Okay, the name here is Mickelson, but I'm going to go with the nickname Jam. Fig. Yep, that's him. Fig Jam. I think I'm going to like a 95% clip right now. Give me some European. Polter. Ian. Wow. Yeah! He's, I think he cheated. That's the easiest European, though. It is. Molinari. Or, let me do this better. Molinari! Mario! No, dude. No, that's so racist. That's so racist what you just did. Why does the Italian guy have to be named Mario? Luigi? Wow. Wow. Jeez. Vincenzo. It's Francisco, okay? There's nothing <laughs> offensive about Vincenzo. it. That's close. Is it Corleone, Mariale, Marlinari? Now you're just being flippant. Oh, Fleetwood. Mac. <laughs> Seriously, Fleetwood. Tommy. You're cheating over I'm there, not dude. Cheating. You are cheating. I, Tom, if you, you show me the pictures, I wouldn't have known any of these guys, but I can do the names okay. What else you got for me? Norin. Van Burstrom. <laughs> That's the last, last name. Last name's Norin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> Van Burstrom. <laughs> <laughs> he went with confidence too. Like if he was right, it would have been so awesome. Not we've only even... got we've only got about two minutes left to do this. Olison, Quadri. Ah, I was just gonna say Quadri. <laughs> what else you got? Olison on a golf course. Paul, I'll give you. It starts with Thor. This is the coolest name in the field. Thorson. It ends with Bjorn. Thor Bjorn. Thorbjorn Norum. No, Norum was the other guy. Berg. <laughs> Stenson. How about Stenson? Henrik. Good one. Hatton. McCoy. Okay. Are you giving me first or last names here? I don't even know. That was the last name. Okay. Well, you're a golf guy. How it's about, European. How about Garcia? Any answer will be acceptable. Jerry. No. What? <laughs> you lied. Except that one. Come on, Garcia, dude. Oh, how do I not? How do I forget about this one? He's you, the guy who always chokes. Well, always, always did choke until he didn't. Garcia, dude. Oh, no. Garcia. Oh, no. He's a major, major golfer. I know Gar- that. I know that. Garcia. I know that. I know it's not Jeff, but I can't stop thinking about 49ers quarterback. Oh, I wish I could hear listeners right now yelling at the skip radio. Skip it. Come back skip to it. it. Skip it. Come back to it. You want to skip Okay, we'll skip Sergio Garcia. Sergio! Damn it. Go back to, back. Go back. <laughs> go back to the DeChambeau. Okay, DeChambeau. Caboli just texted me, Sergio. DeChambeau. <laughs> Thanks, Caboli. DeChambeau. DeChambeau. Brettany. Brettany? You don't even know it now, so you're just going to make up a name? I know it's B. I was so close. It's BR. You were even closer. Yeah. BR DeChambeau. Yes. Brett. Brenner. Brenner DeChambeau. Have we gone through the rest of the team? Is this the last one? Uh, there's there's a few more. Give me a couple more. We got we got, we got got about 40 seconds here. I can, let me pound through a couple. Who, what's DeChambeau's first name? Rom. That's not his first name, but that's a name. Vaughn. Close. Rom. Last name. Vaughn Rom. No. <laughs> I, I would have bet money. You said Emmanuel after I Damn said it. that. I really would have bet money. All right, two John. more. Go. It's John. J-O-N. Oh, I knew that. Uh, I think we're out of them now. Damn it. That's it. Like, 90, like 95%. It's not bad. Eh, it was bad. Let's go back to DeChambeau. You got to get this, dude. It's some weird. It's... Bri- Brooklyn. Brighton. Bryce. 
Rhymes with a vacuum cleaner brand. Brust Buster. You're just bad. Yeah, it's, that was just a... It's Bryson. D-shot. Damn it! 95% though success rate. That's not bad. Coming up next. Not even 95%, but everybody, let not, let, please do not think that uh, segment is any indication of Crowley's sports knowledge. It's his blind side when it comes to sport. Football? Yeah. Hockey? All day long. Baseball? Yeah. Knows it all. Golf? Don't know shiz. Sorry. I love you, buddy, but you're just not a golf guy. Coming up next. Hottest take of the day. Other crap. Three stars of the show. I mean, like, really not a golf guy. CSB in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown. Walking fast. Faces passing. I'm homebound. Should I go lower? Staring blankly ahead. Just making my way. Making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Ha! <laughs> There's too much going on here. Sometimes the show moves really quickly. Today was one of those days. I also totally F the clock in the A with Tim Benz. And really in the last segment, and the last too. Segment, yeah. I really just clock management. It was Tomlin leveled. I mean, I didn't do a good enough job of it. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, (laughs) Kelly Bryant is going to transfer from Clemson after four games because of the new red shirt rule. If you're not familiar with the new red shirt rule, it's instead of a player popping into a game and burning the red shirt, you're now able to play four games or less and you can still be redshirted. So Kelly Bryant played four games for Clemson this year. He can transfer, and he'll have the entire year eligible next year to go play wherever he wants. And I love it for student-athletes. Because coaches have the freedom to pick up and leave whenever. Athletes really don't have that. Now you can play the four games, see if you can cut it, see if you're good enough, see if you can fit with this team, and if not, if you want to leave, you can. I also loved... What the head coach at Clemson did, Dabo Sweeney, he told the kid, you're not our starter for the rest of the season, and he told him before the fifth game so that he knew he could transfer if he wanted to. That's the way it's supposed to go. That's a lesson for all them other coaches out there. Now Dana Holgerson, go sign that guy for next year. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Joe Hayden was mad after Monday Night Football because he had to take a 3 a.m. drug test. Thought they would have done it for Artie. Woo! Other crap. Because he's always burning. Woo! Other crap. No. No. Woo! Other crap. 
Thought they would have done it for LeGarrette Blunt. Now you don't play it? Woo! Other crap. It's been a thousand days combined since Pitt basketball won a conference game and Cleveland won a game that was not a Thursday. It's been at least two minutes since she made a good joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. I made a great one off the air. That's why we were screwed you up did. going into you the segment. really did. It's time for the three friggin' stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Let Bell Go. Yeah, let him go. That'll do it. It's like that song from Frozen. Let him go. Let him go. We run James Conner now. Let him go. Let him go. We don't need Le'Veon no more. Let him go. Let Let him go. go. There goes Bell. To another team. Let the Steelers run, Connor. I thought we really fizzled out there, but you kept going. You fizzled out there. Good point by you. Wait, where was I when that happened? I was out in the hall or something. That's amazing. Good job, Tom. Thank you. Second star. Hey! Tonight's second star of the show, Butterscotch Fountains. Thank you for your time, Mark. All right, I will get back to you later. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was trying to say. What? I don't think he knew how to I think end he caught him by surprise that you were ending the interview there. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. I will get back to you later. Thanks, Mark. Wow. That's like one of those times whenever you go see a movie or something and the ticket taker takes your ticket, rips it, and goes, hey, have a good time at the movie. And you just go, you too. And you walk by. And he's like, oh, yeah, you too while you're standing out here working for the next six hours. That's clearly a guy who lost it as soon as he said Bananas Foster. Like, he was <laughs> off was the gone. rails at that point. Like That's all he had on his mind. He was probably sitting on his couch, said Banana Foster, and went to look for ice cream in his fridge. And that took over the... Frontal cortex. He's like, you know what? I need a butterscotch fountain here in my living room. You know, you know. Oh, hey, Crowley. Yeah, I'll get back to you. I mean, who among us wouldn't like a butterscotch fountain? <laughs> I would love one. If you took Stan's briefcase and put it in a warm car and then opened it up, it would become a butterscotch fountain because it of all was. the candies he has in there. <laughs> really craving some butterscotch right now. First off. Tonight's first star of the show, your Team USA Ryder Cup captain, Jim Furyk. I met Furyk the other day. You guys ever meet Furyk? Yeah, but didn't you say, like, hey, I had no idea who that guy was until Jerry Dulac says, hey, Jim Furyk's on with us. Not only did he not know who Furyk was, Furyk had the Ryder Cup with him, and he was like, I had no idea what the hell kind of trophy. I thought it was like a bowling league trophy that Jerry's buddy brought to the booth or something. Perfect game in like perfect game at South Hills Lanes. Just the Ryder Cup sitting there. One of the most prestigious golfing trophies. I guarantee you, you sons of bitches, if Jim Furyk walked past you not wearing golf attire, you'd have had no idea it was Jim Furyk. I would know it was Jim Furyk. You would have had no idea. I would know. Oh, I'm calling BS. There's no way you'd have known. Tom, you would have known, right? It's a random slappy walking around in a Steelers jersey. It's It's the captain of Team USA. Neither of you would have known. Oh, dude. Neither of you. What's he look like? What color hairs he got? He doesn't have any hair. He's bald. Trick question. <laughs> He's not bald. So Tom's out. What color hairs he got, Brian? Get Dulac on the line. Get Rick Riley on the line. I still don't know who the I'm hell he was talking to. I'm looking at a picture of Jim Furyk right now, and he's as bald as can be. 
No, Tom, he's got Did hair. Did I meet he's Jim Furyk and think he had Skid, brown hair? Skid, no, I think the guy you thought who was Jim Furyk was probably like his handler. The guy hanging out with his caddy. Who let the dogs out? Tim Benz, Matt Williamson, Craig Wolfley coming up next with Countdown to kickoff. Real quick, you thought you won that. The man Tom said he had hair. You went in on it. You just bounced. I said, Tom, you're out. Brian, you're up. What do you got? What do you <laughs> yeah, think Furyk looks you like? You disqualified Tom because he said Jim Furyk is bald, which, in fact, he is. I've met Ryan Shazier. He's got long blonde hair. Coming up on tomorrow's program, we got James Harrison. He'll be joining me. I mean, he hasn't responded to the email yet, but he will because he coming, ain't scared. He ain't oh, scared. He'll, he'll be here. He ain't scared. I might fight him. Harrison. Fighting Tom tomorrow, ESPN Pittsburgh.